Feast of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. everyone and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Good to be here with you today as I uh, discuss matters related to worship, theology, and culture. And my hope and prayer is that you are blessed by this, that this helps you in some way, and that this uh, edifies the church. And so, as I mentioned a long time ago, I um, this podcast used to be weekly, and it has been weekly the past few weeks, but that does not mean it will be every time. I will record content when I am able, <laughs> uh, which might not be every week. In fact, uh, if you remember, I took a lengthy break from it for a while, and uh, you know I could do that again. And uh, the topics are um, whatever I feel is necessary and relevant to that day, to that time period, and so... Uh, That's the purpose of this. It it challenges me. Hopefully it challenges you as well as we think about these things and these issues. And so here we are today. This is the third week in a row I have done a podcast. So uh, props to me on that. I'm giving myself a pat on the back right now. So (laughs) Um, today what I want to talk about, I want to ask you a question. How are Christians free when there are so many rules and regulations in Scripture, you know, you hear all the time that there is freedom in Christ. The truth will set you free, and Jesus is the truth. So, how are Christians free? How can we be considered free and consider ourselves free when we look at Scripture and there's command after command after command after command? That does not sound like freedom to me. The Apostle Paul instructs believers to walk by the Spirit. In Galatians 5.16, and then he suggests that the effect of that is a proclivity to not gratify the the desires of the flesh. So if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, which are contradicting to the desires of the Spirit. And many Christians see the commands of Scripture as hindrances, not freedom. And it's often said and it's suggested that freedom only exists in Christ— So why do so many Christians feel enslaved rather than free? And I'm talking about professing Christians, which, if you know me, there is a difference in someone who professes to be a Christian and someone who is a Christian. Why do biblical instructions often feel like imprisonment rather than freedom? And so to answer this question, I think Scripture offers some reconciliation and it helps us understand what it truly means to be free. So... First of all, how are Christians free when there are so many rules and regulations in Scripture? First of all, we are free from sin. Sin at its core entraps, it imprisons, and it destroys. Some of you can relate to that. Some of you have experienced that fact firsthand. I am one of those. So that is Satan's goal, to entrap, to imprison, to destroy And humanity is born in this torment that does not escape except by the grace of God. When someone becomes a Christian, they begin a process of transformation into the image of Christ, Romans 8.29. And this process that I'm mentioning here is called uh, sanctification, and it's progressive. 
In other words, it doesn't occur at a single moment, but over time. In other words, when you become a Christian, you are not completely sanctified, but you begin a process of sanctification. And what this means is that although Christians are free from sin, they will still sin. But when believers sin, they're not being who they are in Christ. I sin every day. And I'm not being who I am a Christ when that happens because I am not walking by the Spirit. Believe me, if you walk by the Spirit, you are guaranteed not to gratify the desires of the flesh. And so when you sin, the obvious um, conclusion there is that you are not walking by the Spirit. But So human nature dictates that sinful flesh battles against the Spirit of Christians who are now positionally righteous and being made, not already made, but being made actually righteous. And the key to this concept is that Christians are free from sin. In other words, through the power of the Holy Spirit, believers possess the ability not to sin. And But to say that no one is perfect is not to claim an excuse for sin. Often people say that and it's an excuse for sin. Well, no one's perfect. Well, that's true. But it's not an excuse for sin. There's no excuse for sin. Instead, believers should understand that they have been set free from the the power of sin. And in Christ, they have the ability to resist it. So Christians are free from sin. Christians, however, also, secondly, are are free found in Christ. What I mean by that is this. Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit in his letter to the Galatians, in Galatians 5, through 23. You notice a theme here. I'm using a lot of scriptures from Galatians. And he concludes that against these characteristics uh, from the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that against these there is no law. And so referring to these qualities as fruit implies that these are the effects of the believer. Similar to if you planted an apple tree, the effects would be apples. One who has been changed by Christ, these are the effects. In other words, Christians no longer desire to live contrary to these qualities, but they exhibit them. And so the fruit of the Spirit opposes the ways of the world, which certainly contains laws against it. To live as Christ is freedom, because there's no law against it. And while some may view Scripture as text field, as a text field with rules and regulations, for Christians, the effect of being changed by Christ supernaturally exhibits alignment with these so-called regulations, so that they are not regulations at all, but a way of life against which there is no law. There's no law against love or against joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. There's no law against any of these characteristics. And so we are free to live as Christ. We're free from the law because, number one, Christ has fulfilled it, and number two, the fruit of new life does not hold any law against it. That's true freedom. So think of it this way. If you're not in Christ, you do not have the fruit of the Spirit, so your actions, the actions of the world, there are certainly laws against that. But there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit, and that is how Christians are to live. So consider these biblical commands not as a rule, but as a model, Biblical commands should be considered as models. The commands of Scripture are not rules against how to live, 
but a model for what the Christian life should reflect. And so if someone is trying to build something and they have instructions and they choose to ignore those instructions, which I have done several times and learned my lesson, uh, it's likely that you'll design something that doesn't function properly because it was not built properly. And so it's quickly realized that the instructions were not designed to hinder the builder, but to help in the proper development of the project. Biblical commands are similar in that they are designed to reveal what the Christian life should look like. So freedom doesn't exist without boundaries. And in the same way, Christians are free because their lives are different and they now exhibit the life of Christ against which there is not a law and around which the believer's life conforms. And so we can consider ourselves free as Christians. We do not have to think of these biblical commands as just regulations intended to hinder our lives. But as models, the the scripture is a model for how to live life and how not to live. And the, the truth is that naturally as Christians, when we are changed by Christ, we should be living that way anyway. And we should begin a process where we live that way more and more throughout our lives. So that is how we can say we are free when there are so many rules and regulations in Scripture. I hope this has been helpful and beneficial to you. So thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.